All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 41 of the podcast, dude. I've got another guest with me today. Fresh fresh from three whole episodes with Glenn Leibowitz. I'm joined today by the DIY video guy, Mr. Caleb Wojcik. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well. We were talking about uh, the various thunderstorms that are happening around us. So as long as we have power, I think this should be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, cross our fingers. Well, we, we are recording locally on both sides, so we'll be good. This is why it's important to record locally. Always a good and lesson in there. You remembered to hit record today, right? Yep, I did. M- me too. I'm looking at the screen right now. Don't ever forget to hit record. Okay, so... T- Wow, I actually heard that one. Yep. You got some crazy. Yeah, I wasn't lying. Going. There is a thunderstorm. That's not just someone like with a bunch of pots and pans like waving around. We're in the sound background. effects. We're we're sound effects. Okay, so today we're talking about video video podcasting uh, because you do a video podcast, correct? Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I I've thought about doing video. I I really want to get into doing video, but I'm kind of scared to, and it, it's a little bit overwhelming for me. I think I started with podcasting because it's just a little bit easier. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why maybe you might want to make a video podcast, some of the technical, fun technical stuff, you know, where and how do you host it. And then I'm actually, I want to get into what what keeps people from getting started with doing video. Because I know that I, I've, I've kept myself from getting started with video for a long, long time. And I've, I've got some a couple thoughts that I want to share with people. So... That's going to be our show today. All things video with Caleb Logic, DIY video guy. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I kind of proposed this as a topic because it's a question that I get a lot. And mm. uh, I've talked about it a little bit before, but I figured your audience would have similar questions because I feel like video podcasts on iTunes are like this whole unknown area for a lot of consumers and producers. So I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's what we're going to do. Episode 41 of the podcast, dude. Talking about talking about video. Is that allowed? It's my show, so I can do whatever I want, I guess. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to episode 41 of the podcast, dude. My name is Aaron Dowd. I'm the podcast dude. I'm joined today by Caleb Wojcik, who is the DIY video dude. No, that's not you right. You switched up our branding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, wait, you're the you're the video dude, and I am the DIY podcast guy. Sure, we can switch it. Good, I like it. So as long as you have the domain. Here's here's the lowdown. I'm 30 years old. I live in Fort Worth. I help people make better podcasts. Caleb, take it away. I'm 29. And I live in San Diego, and I make videos for a living, both for clients and uh, for myself. Excellent, excellent. So you do you do some great, great tutorial videos. I love your stuff, man. I love your podcast. Can you can you tell the listeners about the various places that you teach and publish, and kind of all the going goings ons? Is that how you yeah. say it? Yeah. So I have I have an audio podcast as well. Where lately I've been interviewing YouTubers and and filmmakers uh, about just the process of making videos. It's hard to teach the technical parts of uh, video production on an audio podcast, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But then I have a YouTube channel and video podcast where I kind of publish to both locations. My video show that comes out once a week where I do stuff like gear reviews, tutorials on editing or using your camera, lighting, audio, all that kind of stuff. And so those are the two main freeways that, that I'm putting stuff out there. Excellent, excellent. So you wanted to come on the show today to talk about video podcasting. And video podcasting, from my perspective, uh, I'll be honest, I don't think it's as awesome as audio podcasting, but that's because I'm, an, I'm a prim, primarily an auditory learner. I like to listen to things. I enjoy a good, you know, 20, 30, 60 minute podcast episode. I don't always, I don't watch as many videos, but there is a place for them. And I acknowledge that. So... Um, in your in your opinion, what are the benefits, pros and cons of doing a video podcast versus an audio podcast? So pros and cons for video versus audio is uh, pros wise, you can do a lot more in video than you can necessarily do in audio. Mm-hmm. So you have the visuals along with someone listening. And that's really good for teaching something that you have to visually see. Uh, it's also really good if you're doing 
you know, you're doing interviews like this right now, we could each have a camera that we're talking into and you could see our faces, you could see our expressions. You know, you might get a little bit more out of that piece as well. But some of the cons are that it takes way more time, mm. energy, and equipment to produce video than it does audio. And audio kind of is a little bit more forgiving in that longer form content. So someone's driving, they're going for a walk, they're at the gym, however they're consuming a podcast, they're usually doing something else. Whereas video, you kind of have to be watching it and listening. And so you can't really do something else, which means that if you lose someone's attention, they're mo much more likely to switch and do something else. So audio, you can have those longer conversations you're talking about, you know, 30, 60 minutes. In video, it's hard to get someone to stick around that long. Yeah, yeah. And then I think you, you touched on it earlier, but the, I think the biggest thing for me, the reason I haven't done too much video before, uh, is it does take a lot more work. Not just pre-production, you know, setting it up, recording, but thinking about, having good audio quality, maybe getting a mic that isn't up on your face like this Shure SM7B that I have, it's right on my face. I'm I don't think this would look very good on video. I would want to go with some kind of some kind of lav mic or some kind of shotgun mic. And then there's also the issue of the room that I'm in. It's not terribly exciting <laughs> visually. So yeah, it it does seem like that's that's kind of the that's the big thing for me is that kind of the extra work and then also yeah like i i enjoy listening to podcasts when i'm running when i'm riding my bike when i'm driving i just don't have as much time for the visual things but i know uh, you know i know youtube's huge a lot of people love videos a lot of people watch and consume a lot of videos so that's a pretty solid uh explanation pros and cons did you have anything else you wanted to add to that no i mean the the biggest thing I think that's the problem right now is that people hear the word podcast and they think audio. Mm. And so that's kind of the biggest roadblock, I think, of committing to a video podcast that doesn't live anywhere else on the internet is that you say, oh, I have this podcast and people assume it's audio because that's what they're used to consuming. And it's just not as popular to consume video podcasts as audio podcasts. So a lot of people don't even know that they exist. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, you know, podcasts, yeah, it's audio. <laughs> There's, uh, if, if, you know, you could call it a video, but then it's like, well, you mean like YouTube? I think YouTube and video are pretty, um, what is the word, synonymous at this point? Synonymous, yeah. Synom synon that's one of those words I have a hard time with. <laughs> okay, so, so then I, I think the question a lot of people are asking is, you know, I people like me, we do we do an audio podcast, so... Should I should I be also doing a video podcast? So I think you should also be doing a video podcast if adding video to what you're already creating gives more value to your podcast. So if it's simply just adding you talking to a camera for very, very long periods of time, <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily adding that much value. And so you should focus instead on if you're going to make videos make videos first, not audio first. So what I see a lot of people doing is they'll be making an audio podcast and they want to have a video version that lives, you know, on iTunes or even on YouTube. And so they'll just, they'll just slap on an image of like their podcast artwork with the person's name or a photo of their guest. Mm -hmm. And then that's their video. And that's not really adding any value to the viewer. And I think that's just going to end up giving you less downloads to your audio podcast by making this video that doesn't really, it's not natively a video, just like making, uh, stripping the audio from a television show. You might get, you might get some uh, value from that, but you're not seeing the actors. You're not seeing the camera angles. You're not seeing how they're interacting and moving. And it's not the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, we were, t we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago and I was like, well, let's explore this idea. What would it look like if I were to do video for my podcast? And the more we talked about it, the more I kind of realized that the way I, I podcast right now, it wouldn't make sense for me to do video because it would just be me standing in front of a computer with a wall behind me 
talking mm-hmm. into a microphone. Not not terribly exciting. I mean, it it's it just I don't think it would add that much, like you said. Yeah, it's a it's a different form of content. It's a different form of delivery to make videos. Uh, just like audio is different than writing. And so you have to think of it that way when you're making a video. And I think that that's, that's the biggest struggle or the biggest problem that people have typically is they think, oh, I need to be on camera and I need to have all this equipment. But there are ways to get started that we'll talk about later where you don't have to have a fancy camera or or be on camera yourself or design your room to look a certain way. But you should really be thinking about if I'm making a video, make make a video only first and focus on that. So you're saying these podcast episodes, these conversations maybe wouldn't be the best videos, but there are things that you talk about on the podcast that would be really good standalone videos where you're talking about microphones and you could show them or you're talking about software and you could mm-hmm. show that. So you just have to think of video as it's a different kind of delivery and consumable that needs to be different than audio or writing. Yeah, no, that make that makes sense. There's a lot of there's a lot of videos and screencasts that I need to make and I haven't because I've honestly just been procrastinating because some of the tools and some of the workflows are still kind of new to me. I'm still learning them. I've I've got the I've got the audio stuff down right now. So next is next is getting comfortable with doing video and getting more comfortable with doing screencasts. But it's an exciting time. So so you teased that you were going to share a few tips about doing video, possibly doing even video podcasts. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, sure. We can jump into it. What do you want to start? Uh, let's see. Well, we had a question. Originally, we were going to talk about maybe iTunes versus YouTube, you know, the hosting, where and how do you host a, mm-hmm. a video podcast? Do you want to get to Kyle's question? He asked, uh, what are the benefits of a video podcast versus something like a YouTube channel? And I think he means, you know, as far as hosting, why would you want to put something into iTunes uh, instead of just hosting it on YouTube? So what I actually do is I do both. And I do this with my video show. And I also do this with uh, one of my clients, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income. We actually post the same videos with with some minor tweaks uh, to YouTube and Podbean. Podbean is uh, the host that I'm using for, for my iTunes video podcast. And the major benefits of having it in both places are people can find it on a platform like iTunes when they're searching or maybe they already are subscribed to my audio show and they I can talk about it on my audio show and they can use the same app to consume both of my shows. But also on YouTube, you're going to get way more long tail views on there. So mm-hmm. people are going to YouTube for, for search. They're trying to find certain things. Your videos are going to be recommended along other videos. You have a channel there that people can subscribe to and watch through playlists. It's much more robust than what's living inside of iTunes or any other podcast uh, directory video-wise. So I recommend that if you're already making videos for a platform like YouTube, it really doesn't hurt you to also put those on iTunes. So you said you used so you use Podbean for video podcast hosting. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit earlier because I actually was not familiar with the process of getting a video podcast into iTunes, but it sounds like it's uh, very similar to getting a regular podcast into iTunes. You got to host the files somewhere, the video files in this case, and then you got to have an RSS feed and you just submit the RSS feed address to the iTunes store. Yeah, it's, it's very, very similar. And really the only difference is that the file is an MP4 instead of an MP3. A little bit it's, bigger. Yeah, it's, it's definitely bigger. And so I try to export uh, as small of file sizes as possible for my video podcast feed versus YouTube. I export a huge video file because I want as much data and information before they compress it down. But for my video podcast, I know that people are downloading these on their phone, on the go, typically not not on Wi-Fi sometimes. So that's what I'm trying to help them with is get the files quickly uh, with a lower file size. But 
the, the feeds are pretty much the same. There's not really much difference. Um, you can use a host like Libsyn. Uh, I considered them for video because I'd used them for audio in the past. Mm-hmm. But uh, theirs is based off of how many megabytes you upload mm-hmm. per month. That's what their pricing is based off of. Uh, so if you're doing a video podcast, that means more file size, which means you're paying more and all that sort of stuff. So Podbean has an unlimited tier pricing wise. So that's why I went with Podbean. Yeah. And and real quick, you, you mentioned that you exported a small file size. Do you have um do you have dimensions that you can share with the listener kind of recommended or just really just kind of small, small, like, I don't know, 640 by something, something. So I don't go that low. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, a middle ground at around 720p for for video podcasts. As most people are watching them on their phone or their tablet or something. If you are watching it on a desktop computer or a television, 720p is pretty close to 1080p, which is what most things are nowadays. So yeah. I usually export my video podcast version of my videos at 720p. And then I just lower the the bit rate uh, a little bit lower um, to about like five megabits per second. But that's getting pretty technical already. I like it, man. This is that's this kind of stuff that I'm not super familiar with. So I think a lot of listeners will be uh, enjoy hearing that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. So, all right. So where where are we at so far? This is kind of the getting getting the video show into iTunes uh, versus you know. YouTube, YouTube, I think is pretty straightforward. Most people, I don't. Is there anyone? I guess there's people in the world that have never uploaded a video to YouTube before. But that's not this show. Uh, we did get a question from John in the chat. He had asked, uh, "What would be a good example of someone doing a video podcast?" Well, meaning he's seen a lot of, he's seen a lot of like vlogs and stuff. But what about video podcast? And you know, I, I can't say. Well, let me. Uh, I I'm, I want to give you a chance to plug your shows at this point right now your video podcasts. Yeah, thank you. Uh mine is DIY Video Guy TV and it's it is the same videos that I put out on YouTube, but um they're, you know, like I said, I've resized them. I maybe cut off the call to action specific to YouTube at the end. And what I like about watching uh video podcasts specifically is they get downloaded to my phone automatically mm. and what I usually do is I watch them in batches when I don't have good signal. So if I'm on a flight or maybe I'm on a train or whatever, the gym. I can I can watch a bunch of them in a row instead of needing an internet connection to stream a YouTube video. And that way I also know I don't miss uh, an episode of someone that, that, that they put out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm bad about keeping up with videos on YouTube. If there was like a... And I, what is this YouTube Red? Don't they have an app now that you can like download, mm-hmm. download? But it's like it's the automatic thing that that really that I really love about podcasts. Like I subscribe to a podcast in Overcast, and when new episodes come out, they're just in my feed, and then I don't have to think about it. So I I, I don't know. Maybe uh, is there a way to do that with the YouTube app where it's just like you just have a feed, and whenever new episodes come out, then it's right there. I feel like it's not. Yeah, as they have a they have a subscriptions tab. Yeah. Um, and so if you're subscribed to a bunch of people, you go to that tab and it'll sort based on release date each of those. And when I and subscribe to a bunch of people on YouTube, that's what I would do. I would just go through there every every couple of days and look through all the videos people would put out, and then I would click watch later. Mm. And then theoretically, you could download your watch later videos using YouTube Red if you wanted to. Okay, yeah, maybe that's and I don't have YouTube Red, uh, anyways. But okay, so I have one more question. Um, right now, <laughs> not just one more question. There's more questions. Have you seen uh, the stats for your iTunes versus your YouTube? Yes. So in Podbean, I do have stats for my episodes, and uh, pulling it up now, I have 54 episodes. And over sixty four thousand downloads. Nice. And so then I got to ask, how does that compare to YouTube? So YouTube's a little different because I do have videos uh, that are older on YouTube that get a lot of views mm. uh, just from search traffic and stuff. So it is really hard to compare uh, the YouTube versus Podbean. But what happens with my videos on Podbean are they get downloaded right away because it's a podcast. Someone subscribed. I put out an episode. They get downloaded right away. 
And that's pretty much the extent of the stats that I get. You don't get how many people actually watched it right. or how long they watched mm. it or anything like that like you do on YouTube. Mm. And also, if someone's looking for a specific video on a topic, they're going to go to YouTube. They're not going to go to <laughs> so, iTunes. Yeah, yeah. So download-wise, you really only get downloads based on how many subscribers you have that are going to auto-download the lesson or the video you put out. And then you know, people in the future that go back and subscribe and download other videos. So, so that's, that's kind of the main difference stat wise, but you do get the benefit of something like new and noteworthy. Uh, mm -hmm. when you put out your, your new video show on iTunes, just like you would, uh, in an audio format. Okay. So it, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying at this point is that it's actually, it's a good idea to do both if you can. Both YouTube and, yeah, and, uh, and I mean, iTunes. You could, you could argue that people are subscribing to you, your iTunes video podcast. And really, maybe it's better to have them subscribed on YouTube because then you would get some more views. You'd have a higher subscriber number there that would help you rank more and get more exposure. But the, the number of emails that I've gotten from people that found me through iTunes, hmm. um, they're, they're on their Apple TV or they were just going through iTunes and they searched for filmmaking or DSLR tips or what have you, that alone, like the new exposure to my brand and to the stuff that I make, that alone has made it worth it to me that I've put it out on additional platforms. Makes sense. I'm seeing parallels here between this conversation and the one I had last week with Glenn Leibowitz, which, Leibowitz, which was about publishing on LinkedIn, writing blog posts on LinkedIn, multiple platforms, more exposure. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to think about it strategically. That doesn't mean go put your videos up everywhere, right? but maybe some of the main places uh, where you already have an audience. So if you already have an audio podcast, maybe it makes sense to put your videos out on uh, a video podcast as well. But I don't mean just go and upload them everywhere without any sort of strategy. Right. Well, then, uh, then I have to ask you this. Um, YouTube is free. They don't charge for hosting. Can you, can you say what you pay for hosting on Podbean? Or can you give the listeners like an estimate of what they could expect if, say, I don't know. How, how often do you publish your video podcasts? Uh, I do about once a week. That's kind of my average. Sometimes that's a couple times or sometimes three times if we have a bunch of stuff going on, but typically about once a week. Mm -hmm. And their unlimited monthly plan for video is $25. Okay. So not crazy expensive, but that's definitely an investment, especially when a lot of like the podcast hosting I recommend through Simplecast is $12 a month. So strategy is important here. Okay. So there's another question that comes up a lot. And that is, uh, if you're already doing a video, should you strip the audio from that video and turn it into an audio-only podcast like um, like Sean McCabe did recently with Sean West TV? So that, I think, depends on the information and the format and the style of the videos you're making. In, in Sean's example, the videos he's making are talking head videos mm -hmm. that don't have any b-roll going over them really uh there's not things he's showing visually he's not holding up a piece of equipment or showing you how to knit or scrapbook or some like task that you're you're trying to learn how to do he's he's talking from a, a teleprompter i believe some of the times if not all the time and so that that content that information that's in the video almost 100% of it translates over to audio only. Yeah. And so that I think makes sense to strip just the audio and make it an audio podcast and then have the videos live on YouTube in that example. Yep. If if I did that with my videos, there would there would be the occasional video where it would make sense where I'm narrating and talking about a piece of equipment. Uh, maybe I'm talking about a camera or some headphones or something like that. And you could get the gist out of uh, having only the audio, but the amount of time and energy that I put into crafting a video with shots of the camera when I'm talking about a certain button, mm -hmm. it's, it's just going to make more sense in a video format. And so that's 
that's the kind of thought process that I go through when people are asking me that question is, should I just strip the audio and make that an audio podcast? It's like, well, if you think people can get 99% of what you're saying in the video just through audio, then do that. But if it's truly a video, let it be a video and don't try to have someone consume it in another way. Yep. That, that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, it is just that one question. Does, you know, if I strip the audio file from this video, does it stand alone? Like, it, will it still be valuable? All, you know, all the way through or 95% of the way through. And if the answer is yes, then you can repurpose it. If the answer is no, then don't try to, you know, it's not, it's probably not, not worth it because if people are listening and you're talking about all the features in this, on this camera or, you know, this software program on the computer that you're, they're supposed to be looking at, like that doesn't work. So. Yeah. And someone else that I know that Sean talks about a bunch is Gary Vaynerchuk and he has his Ask Gary V show, which is mainly him sitting at a table, answering people's questions, yeah. talking to the camera. There's very little that happens on camera that adds to the video other than he's showing people's faces and things like that. But his other videos that he's doing right now are Daily V, which are more vlog narrative style videos. And those would not make sense audio only because you wouldn't see what's happening. You wouldn't understand what's going on versus his Q&A show does make sense in an audio-only format, and you can consume it that way and get, you know, 90, 95, 100% of the value out of it. Yeah, and I think you actually just answered a question that somebody asked in the in the community chat. Austin had asked, is a vlog appropriate material for an iTunes video podcast? Okay, you know what? I, I see what he's mentioning here. Like, say he does, there's a lot of people doing vlogs. Well, should you throw that, uh, host that on Podbean and make a, a video podcast out of it? I yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean depending on depending on the content, yeah, I would keep it in a video format and not just strip the audio yeah, don't and strip make the an audio. audio podcast. <laughs> but but I think that if that's another way you want people to uh, consume your stuff or find out about you, then it, it doesn't really hurt to have it somewhere else. Yeah. Especially if let let's say you're starting a video show and you're trying to decide where to put it. Should it be a video podcast? Should it go on YouTube? And you already have a small following online or a medium-sized one. And when you launch it, you just don't even mention that it's a video podcast at all. Hmm. That way, no one will know. No one will find out about it. And if you do put it on somewhere like iTunes, you know that every single download or subscriber you get on there is all organic. It, no one from your audience that you were telling about this new show knew about it. Hmm. And so that way, you could be like, okay, well, every single download I get on a platform like Podbean is a brand new person is someone that I wouldn't have gotten because I never promoted it. Right. And that was something that I was considering doing, but I wanted to just be open about it because I already had an audio podcast and I wanted people that, you know, consume my podcast to be able to get the video one in the same format. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And then I would say there's one other thing to think about and it is the, um, the money side of things, you know, like Austin, I believe Austin's making a vlog that's kind of about his his freelance business. He's a motion designer. Is that right, Austin? I hope I don't get this wrong. <laughs> he's so so he's kind of it, it's not just like for fun. It's almost marketing material in a sense. I, I believe I haven't watched him yet. Okay, yeah, he says it's right. Yeah, so so it's almost worth it for him to pay twenty five dollars a month to get it into iTunes because he might see a return from that because someone might go and watch it and be like, oh, this guy's cool. I want to work with him. But if you're just doing a vlog just for fun or just because you want to, and there's nothing wrong with that, the the extra cost, you know, you just have to ask yourself whether it's worth it paying that 25, 25 bucks a month, which ends up being what, $400 a year, $300 a year. And to me, that's if one person finds me through my video podcast each year that then buys one of my $300 courses, yeah. the hosting pays for itself. And yeah, it's a little bit more time and effort to, you know, go in there and add the show notes and make sure the links all work. And, you know, I have to export the second video file and it takes up more hard drive space. And so there, there are some added time uh, costs as well, not just the, the monetary costs, but I, I honestly think it's worth it. I get an email at least once a month, if not more often than that, where someone's like, 
hey, I found you through my Apple TV uh, searching through video podcasts or something. And that is what makes it worth it to me. Yeah, I like it. And and now I'm thinking about it in terms of what I'm going to do in the future. And, you know, I, I, I think I told you, I don't know if I told you, but I'm working on a podcasting course called Successful Podcasting. I'm also writing a book about how to be a podcast editor, kind of my story. And then I'm going to do a course. I'm, I'm, I got to talk to Sean about this, but I'm, I'm doing a course about editing and logic. And I'm not sure if I'm going to just have it be in the, the podcasting course or have it as it's kind of, it's separate, its own thing. But either way, at some point in the near future, I'm going to have multiple products. Well, if I were, were to do screencasts and videos and pay for the, the monthly hosting and put them into iTunes and plan it carefully so that each one of those videos is pointing back to one of my other products on my website, you know, have a little thing at the end of the video that says, hey, if you want to learn more about editing and logic, go to podcasteditingandlogic.com or something like that and, and, and bring people to my site and give myself more traffic from that iTunes. That would make it worth it for me to pay that money and to host those screencasts and those videos, not just on YouTube, but also on iTunes. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can do calls to action at the end of every episode and you can, you know, have people join your email list with something free. You could promote courses, you could do what you want. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit more lax too than maybe a platform like YouTube is because of just the restrictions that they have for the kinds of, things you can say on there for sponsors and mm. promotions and stuff like that as well. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm not, not you know, you know, you know how we are about sponsors here, mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, cool. Well, that's fantastic advice, man. People in the chat are liking this. John says that this episode is gold so far. We haven't even got to the best part. There you, there you go. Teasing them, making them stick around. <laughs> I'm working <laughs> on my open loops, man. These, yeah, these things yeah, exactly. are important. All right. So, so that's pretty fantastic. That's kind of a little bit more of the the technical about hosting a video podcast on iTunes. And if you should, you know, if you should take the audio from your videos and make them into a, uh, an audio only podcast. But I want to talk about for the, the third and the final point, I want to talk about what keeps people from getting started with video. And, and I'm going to ask you about your how you got started with doing video at first. But I'll tell you my just a quick story about me so far. So I started helping people make and edit podcasts, well, was it back in 2012? And this was after I'd started a podcast with some friends, done a few episodes. And I was fairly comfortable with podcasting, but I have, I've never really been pod- comfortable with video. I, I feel like I'm not super self-conscious about the way I look. And a lot of the times I pretend that I think I'm a lot more good looking than I actually do because I think it's kind of funny. It's just like, I don't know. I'm weird like that, but but I am a little bit self-conscious about how I look on video, how I talk, you know, what my eyes do, the fact that I have slightly crooked lower teeth, you know, the fact that my teeth aren't perfectly white, and all these different things, and and it's prevented me from doing more video because I'm self-conscious, and I think a lot of people feel this same way, and lately, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this here in a second, but lately weird as weird as it might sound snapchat has actually been helping me get over this but i want i want to hear about you like when did you first start doing video and how was that process for you did you find it weird or awkward did it take you know time or were you pretty comfortable with it up front oh no i was awful i (laughs) I was horrible and the videos that i first made that are of like the talking head youtube style uh they they are no longer public they they have been incinerated <laughs> oh. and will never be watched um so i got started because we got a dslr when my wife and i were getting married because we wanted to have it uh, on our honeymoon and so we got it and i was blogging at the time about personal finance and when was this i had some things What's what, what year was this about roughly um, this was like 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah. So about five years ago. Yeah. And I wanted to make some videos in the personal finance topic area. And, uh, I tried to, and they were awful. <laughs> I would stand in front of a whiteboard and they were just the most boring things. The lighting was awful. I didn't even have a microphone <laughs> and, uh, it was just kind of something I had to get through. And so mm. I just started making 
more talking head videos for uh, for the next year or so that you know I, I did publish some some of them i didn't and it wasn't really something i was planning to do and then i started working with corbett Barr over at think traffic uh, and then that became fizzle and i started editing some skype interviews that he was doing uh, we started making some course videos and then i had to start making videos myself and making some courses on there so i had to start teaching myself audio and video editing and lighting and the equipment and setup and all that stuff and you know going going back and watching my first youtube videos or going back and watching the first courses i made uh, when i worked there you know that they're tough. It's tough for me to watch. Yeah. Um, but you kind of just have to get through it. And if you go back and watch the first videos or listen to the first audio episodes of anyone, they sound way different than they do now. Yeah. And a lot of it is comfort and a lot of it's just experience. And so you just have to work through each of those things. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so I had some thoughts. Do you have uh, any other advice for people that are maybe afraid of looking or sounding dumb on video or maybe that they don't have a cool enough background you know who i'm not sure if it's you or um who is it that has like a really cool dining room uh sean blanc sean blanc's videos that i've seen he's got like this cool wood table and like these three bookshelves behind him and like everything's kind of like white and hazy and like super warm and my my room my house is nothing like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's older and and so I'm self-conscious about these things. Do you do you have any advice that you want to give to to people before I jump in? Yeah, so touching base on the the comfort and like feeling like you look or sound dumb on camera. I think the best thing you can do to get over that is well, you have to make videos. That's kind of a given. You just yeah. have to make them, but also starting on a platform like you said Snapchat or doing things like Periscope or even vlogging and holding the camera out in front of you as you walk around and narrate and talk about what's happening. Those are those are quick ways to get a little bit more comfortable on camera and make it so you're talking to an actual person. Specifically on Periscope, there's people watching right there. Hopefully there's at least one. Hopefully there's people watching you live and you're having a conversation with a single person or a group of people at, at a time. And you have to be in that mindset when you're talking to your camera in your room by yourself, even when you're not live streaming, because eventually people will watch it. Yeah. And so it's it's a little bit of a mindset shift of talking to one person that's watching through the camera instead of you're giving a presentation and you have to be all precise and perfect and look perfect and perfect background and all that stuff. So I think starting on those kinds of platforms or those styles of video really help you get comfortable. Yeah, that's fan no, that's fantastic. And okay, so here's here's my thoughts. And this is this is just from me observing observing how I've felt over the past week or two, how I've felt about video in the past. Here's what it comes down to, I think. This is a conversation I had with myself. We're all way more judgmental about ourselves than most other people are. Like I, I scrutinize my face. I scrutinize my teeth. I, I scrutinize the way I talk on camera, the way I look, my double chin, <laughs> you know, these kind of things, how my hair looks, how my beard looks, all these things. I, I think about it so much and I really don't think anybody else thinks about it nearly as much. I don't think they really no, care that no much. One, no one thinks about how you look more than you do. Yeah. Like, and I'm not just like you personally, Aaron, but like in, in general, uh, watching people like just a group of people fixing their hair in front of a mirror in the bathroom. It's like, your hair looks good. Like, what are you right? doing? <laughs> and it's just, it's in their, it's in their head. Like this piece of hair has to go in it's this direction be perfect. or no one, no one's going to love me anymore. And it's, it's that extreme. Yes. I mean, look nice on camera, maybe, maybe shave before before you film, if, if that's how you want to look. Yeah. But you don't necessarily need to take it so seriously. And you just, you start to get over that as you as you record a little bit more. No, that that's exactly it. So two more thoughts on that. One, one, I don't think it's wrong to want to look better on camera. 
I, I think if you want to, man, this is dangerous territory right here. If you want to look healthier, I'm not going to say skinnier because skinnier doesn't necessarily mean healthier. If you want to look healthier, then spend time exercising, spend time, you know, put some sunscreen on and go outside and get some color in your cheeks, you know, get a, go get a haircut. Like you said, go trim your beard it's okay to do things to try to make yourself look more attractive. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you got to understand that you can only do so much with that. We're all born with the face that we're born with, you know, and barring any major advances in, in surgery. I, I don't think anybody should go get surgery just so they can look better on camera. That's, that's just me. That's my opinion. But just, just realize that there's, there's nothing wrong. No one is judging you as much as you're judging yourself. And what they really care about is the content. They don't really care that much about how you look. They care about what you're saying, what your message is. So just spend more time thinking about that stuff. And the more you, the more time you spend in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, talking to people, sharing your story, using your voice, you know, being comfortable with doing it live as opposed to trying to get it perfect and read from a script, you're just going to get better the more you do it. And that's that's what you have to overcome that initial hurdle of. I'm if I don't get this 100% right then I'm going to completely fail and everyone's going to hate me and laugh at me <laughs> because nobody nobody will and if somebody and if somebody comes out and you know calls you names or calls you dumb or ugly or whatever screw those people those people you don't need them in your life you don't even need to be acknowledging that they exist they don't matter yeah you can delete those youtube comments i mean i had someone that was like why do you shave your head you you the you would look great with hair or something. And I was like, cool. Like, what about what I said in the video? Who cares? Like about <laughs> like if if I shave my head because my hair is thinning in my 20s. Like, who cares? Like, that's there's nothing to do with the video I just made. So why does it even matter? And I mean, I get self-conscious about myself on camera. And when I'm editing, I'll be like, oh, my face looks kind of red. And we do what we can in editing to fix that or what have you. But <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, you're, you're making a video because you're trying to help people or entertain them or inspire them in some way. And what you look like is this flash in the pan of a split second that they'll maybe react to maybe how, how you look. But right after that, it's going to be, okay, how, how are they delivering this information? Am I entertained? Am I learning? Am I getting what I wanted when I clicked on this thumbnail or subscribed to this video podcast? Or not, and so the the production quality is something that I definitely harp on. So yeah. good equipment and knowing your lighting and having professional sound and all those things that I that I talk about and teach about and research on my on my free time. But you know, at the end of the day, the video just has to be engaging. And so if if you're that worried about how you look, then you're not worried about you know, outlining and scripting and making a really good video, which is what you should be doing. Man, I wish I had a bell somewhere right now because I would totally ring it. Where's my bell? <laughs> Why did I start a new business uh, right now? No, no, that's uh, <laughs> inside jokes, man. Sean West stuff. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. Uh, you know, ding, ding. Because that was a good point. That's a really good point. The, the content is what matters. So nobody's looking at your face that hard. Stop freaking yourself out. Stop like stop judging yourself. I'm talking to myself here because this is this has been a problem for me. But like I said, Snapchat, it's really helping me because, you know, I've put out <laughs> I've put out, I don't know, a week or two of daily snaps videos here and there. And I've just gotten comfortable with talking. And now, like, I don't even care. I don't care if anyone looks at my teeth and is like, oh, my guy has slightly crooked teeth. So what? I don't care. And it's, yeah. it's liberating. I, I don't think it, I don't think it matters. Um and if, if, like I've said, if you go through some of the most popular YouTubers and you go to their first year of videos, sometimes they look horrible, not the person necessarily, but the, the, the video quality is, is not very good. Yeah. And if you watch some of those and you get over the video quality, you get over maybe how they look or them not being as engaging as they were, it's whatever's in that video it's the content the information the entertainment whatever it is that is what made them big it wasn't that they had the latest camera or that they did their hair that day hmm. 
Excellent points. I'm with you 100%. All right. I think, I think that'll do it, man. I think that's a good po- point to end it. Awesome. Sounds good. Dude, killed it today, man. <laughs> good job, sir. <laughs> good show, sir. Oh, thank you. Whenever, um, okay, so I got I to gotta pimp this because it's going to be out by the time listeners are listening to this. Joe, where are you at? Is Joe still in the chat? Joe Allen is has launched as by the time this goes out, it will have launched, uh, I think, two weeks ago. Wow. Anyways, the app is called Soundboard Studio, and you can go to soundboardstudio.com. This is a beautiful iOS app, Soundboard, for you know playing sound bites and music and all that kind of stuff. It is going to be fantastic. Live listeners, it's not out yet. Sorry, guys. But everyone listening in the future, go to soundboardstudio.com. Check this out. It's going to be it's going to be sick. Okay, so Caleb, where can people go to find you online? So you can find my stuff at DIYvideoguy.com. You can find the video show and the audio podcast there. And then any of our free courses uh, are at DIYvideoschool.com. Oh, I didn't even talk about the free courses. You just dropped you just dropped one about Premiere and one about... No, I think that's been out for a while. You just dropped one about um, Final Cut Pro. Mm-hmm. Final Cut Pro 10. X. Yeah. X10? Is it 10 or X? Uh, it's pronounced 10. It is You're an You're the X, video guy. Yeah. Okay, so Final Cut Pro 10, free free courses. What's the URL for that again? This will be in the show notes at thepodcastdude.com slash 41. DIY Video School. DIY we have video all of our school. courses there. These are great screencasts if you guys want to learn about doing uh, video editing and stuff. Yeah, Caleb does lots of tons of awesome stuff. Did you already tell him your Twitter, Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is just my name. So Caleb Wojcik. C-A-L-E-B-W-O-J-C-I-K. W-O-J-C-I-K. It took me forever to spell that, and now I have a text expander snippet. I just type in, a, like, uh, apostrophe oh, That's Caleb. I, I don't even, when someone asks me my last name, I just start spelling. <laughs> like, if I'm at a restaurant or at a hotel or something, I don't even say it. <laughs> it's just, they have no chance. Uh, it's, it's a tricky name, so, but it's... I don't know. In some ways, it's good. Okay, and I'm I'm at the podcast dude on Twitter. You can find me at thepodcastdude.com. If you want to send me email, I would like email Aaron at thepodcastdude.com. A lot of people asking if they could p- pick my brain, and while I really appreciate that, I would actually really just prefer email questions because then I can just reply when I have a minute or turn it into a podcast episode so everybody can benefit. I just the the one on one thing is time consuming and I've Caleb, there's so many things. You know about this. You're a busy guy. Yeah, there's so many things. So one many thing things. I like about Twitter recently is you can reply with video, which is kind of cool if you're using the native Twitter app. Oh yeah. Uh, so instead of typing out a reply, you could just hold up your phone and talk to it. That'd be another good way to practice. Oh, and you know what? People should follow me on Snapchat as well, because that's that's I like sending silly little videos and I would answer questions on there. Uh, my username is Aaron C W A. Aaron C W A. Are you uh Are you on Snapchat, Caleb? Are you using that? Yeah, I am as well, and it's just the same as Twitter. First and last name, Caleb Wojcik. W O J C I K. Yep. <laughs> just gonna spell it out twenty times. Excellent. If you guys could do me a favor, if you've enjoyed the show, go tell Caleb that he did a great job, and possibly go leave a review in iTunes, the podcastdo.com slash iTunes. I've gotten a bunch. And whenever I get back to doing solo shows, then I'm going to start reading them at the end of uh, the end of the show. So, but I want to thank everybody who left them. I really, really appreciate you guys. It's, you know, my show turned 40 this past week and 40 episodes. Man. Your show's middle-aged. Now. It is. And it's crazy, you know, balding, losing or gaining weight. Um, no. <laughs> shows, I really feel like the show is just like starting to take off. I feel like every every time I get a little bit better, and that's exciting. All right. Join the Sean West community if you like the show. If you want to support it, you'll learn all kinds of amazing things. It helps support the show. We've got a live chat system. You can go and hang out, listen to shows live. We do them every day. All the shows on the Sean West Network are fantastic. Go to SeanWest.com slash network if you need some more podcasts to listen to. I'm serious. Like I love all these shows, uh, and I edit them all. So you know they're high quality. They sound good won't be a waste of time entertaining it's just so so freaking good seanwest.com slash community am i forgetting anything caleb no i think that's everything i think that's everything so this is the part where we play the outro music and then i try to think of something funny to say before the the volume kicks in yeah 
What's your What's your favorite uh, thing you're watching right now, video wise? Like TV show, movie, YouTube channel? Uh, more after the jump. <laughs> more after the jump. Because now I have time to think about it. <laughs> I see what you did there. You stalled a little bit. <laughs> Okay, I got a couple of responses to that. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, first, we're going to talk about, let's say, um, non-entertainment. I've actually, I want to watch both your uh, Final Cut Pro 10 tutorial and the Premiere tutorial, because I feel like at some point in the future, I may end up getting a you know a copy of Premiere and using it. Uh, and then I also, I really, do you know of any good ScreenFlow courses, screencasts? I really want to get funny, like boss. funny you ask because that's one of the next things we want to <gasps> no, make. No, um, for real. I have I have like an introduction to it. Yeah. Uh, that I have on YouTube. It actually doesn't live on my channel. It was kind of a collaboration I put on someone else's. Um, but we could we could link to that in the show notes. And I have it if you go to my YouTube channel uh, at the very bottom. I have a playlist called Collaborations on YouTube, and the the video is just called Introduction to ScreenFlow introduction okay and you can post a link to that in the uh, google documents cool so i'm looking forward to that and is that going to be free or paid because i would pay money for that i want to be like you know i don't know if you know how good i am at logic pro 10 but i am a boss at logic pro 10 and i would like to be <laughs> humble brag uh, maybe that's the name of your course logic how to boss. be a boss at logic pro yeah. 10 <laughs> but i want to be that good in ScreenFlow because screencasts are you know I don't. I don't know what they are. They're essential. They, they, I'm going to be they making. They can a lot be of them. very, very boring. Is is what they can be, and there are a lot of things that people don't do mm. in screen recordings. Uh, yeah. that that bother me. You know, zooming in to show what you're talking about. Yeah, that's like important. if you're watching something on your phone and someone's doing software, it's the worst. And they're just fully zoomed out on like a retina screen, and you can't see any of the things they're talking about. I can't see so it. That's the kind of stuff. Yes, that kind of stuff, and then. And and I know how to do the basics of that, but I just like I don't know, keep you know keyboard shortcuts and all the little tricks and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm that's how good I am in Logic, and I want to be that good in ScreenFlow. So because I want to make but, really I want to make really really yeah. awesome screencasts. Yeah. Uh, so you you asked for your paid. What we like to do is we like to have an introduction to software for people because a lot of times people watch that before they buy it yeah to be like is this too complicated for me is this too complex oh. and so we'll have we'll have an intro free version and then we'll have a more paid advanced one to do some of the fancier things as well cool well i'm looking forward to the the more advanced one then uh, i may uh, i may end up learning it before then but we'll see anyways where where was i going with all this okay so screen flow back to uh what am i watching um non non educational yeah your courses and then i need to learn about screen flow as non-educational. I can't talk right now. Can I start this over? Go for is it. Is this a show? Okay, so non-entertainment is those things, you know, tutorials. <laughs> terrible, terrible, Caleb. As far as entertainment goes, I've been watching um, The Expanse, which is a sci-fi sci-fi series about um, spaceships. <laughs> it's pretty good. I haven't heard of that before. It's uh, my roommate read and recommended the books a while back uh and then he was like i watched the first season because it was or the, excuse me the first episode because it was free on itunes it was pretty good you know it's got space pirates and ships and guns and you know star wars ish or eh, i don't know it's kind of like uh battlestar oh or yeah battlestar galactica firefly or a sci-fi series about spaceships yes firefly yeah, it's kind of a mix of all those things. So that's that's fun. I'm almost done with the first season of that. I would like to be watching House of Cards, but I canceled my Netflix subscription because I'm like working pretty hardcore on those courses in the book. So 
I would say my favorite series that's come out lately is uh, Mr. Robot. Oh, I watched that. That is so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little dark uh, at times, but... My favorite. But it is a very well-made show for a not major television network. So yep, I'm excited to keep watching that show. Two thumbs up for Mr. Robot. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to some questions. Ben Tolson had asked, there's some great stuff out there in the vlog space. While I admire the styles of what I see, I want to draw inspiration while not being a copycat. Ultimately, I want to have my own unique expression for vlogging, and I know that comes with time and doing the work. So my question is, should I wait until I've really honed in on my style to start posting publicly? Would you like to start with this, or would you like me to? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I think that you shouldn't necessarily wait too long to post things publicly. Uh, If you do want to make some test videos, uh, there's nothing wrong with working in private. I think that a big problem nowadays is the push to to publish all the the time. Mm. And yes, I think you should publish things. Yes, I think you should maybe have some consistency and a schedule. But to publish for publishing's sake is not necessarily the best way to go. So I would make some of what you want to potentially publish and maybe commit to making three privately and be really harsh on yourself and see what you did wrong and then go from there. Yeah, maybe I don't, I've never done a vlog, so I can't speak to it, but I'll give advice that I would give to podcasters. Do one every week and yeah, be really really critical critical of yourself. It's still got to go out, but you should be going back and listening to everything. You should be go, going back and looking at it and just thinking, okay, I've got to ship this. It's as good as it's going to be this week, but what can I do to make it better next time? How can I iterate? How can I make little small tweaks? You know, maybe, maybe get the sound quality a little bit better. Maybe upgrade to a slightly nicer microphone. Maybe get the lighting just a little bit better. Just those little, little tweaks. And, but but keep working on it because it is going to take some time to find your style. Perfect. Cool. Okay. You got time for one more? Mm-hmm. All right. Corey Miller had asked, I've wanted to start some, some sort of video content, but I have a few issues. One, the consistency I would require of myself would mean a lot more time out of my week to shoot, edit, and publish. publish. So time consuming. Number two, the planning process of video content makes me nervous because I'm already doing a lot and I don't want to overcommit and lose quality on the other things I'm doing. Any advice? So there's two questions here. <laughs> Ooh, two questions. Okay, that's kind of obvious. But the, the two questions, and I'm curious to hear your answer, especially for number two. So number one, it's going to take a lot of time. Number two, how do you plan videos when you're already doing so much? So I think you kind of have to have a good system, and I think this helps answer both of the questions, but whenever possible, when you can shoot the videos in the exact same environment with your equipment already set up and the exact same backdrop and placement of your microphone and all those things, that helps you just be able to walk in and shoot or walk in and set up and shoot. But also, I batch produce my videos, so I'll work on a bunch of ideas and topics and outlines and sometimes scripts. I do this for clients too. And then we show up and we shoot a bunch of videos all at once. And we don't necessarily edit them all right away. We might work on one till it's completely published, then work on the next one till it's completely published. But whatever you can do in the video making process that you can batch, I think that that's, that's the best way to put out a lot of stuff. Now, you're asking about you're already doing a lot and you don't want to overcommit and lose quality. Hmm. Maybe don't put a schedule on it and just worry about making one video and then putting it out and then worry about making the next video. This is something that mentally I've been thinking through as well because I'm a huge fan of publishing schedules. I like to put out one video a week, one audio podcast a week and and have that consistency. It helps grow the audience and grows fans, but... You know, sometimes I want to work on things that are going to take longer than a week. And when I'm continually putting stuff out, maybe I don't have time to do that. So I think what the best thing to do would be to maybe commit to making one or a handful of them and then stepping back and reassessing and seeing 
if you liked the process, how you can make it better, and if you want to keep going instead of saying, I'm in a daily vlog, I've never made a video before, all right, let's do this. Yeah, I like that. That's how I do it too. Um, I, I try to keep a list of topics that I want to do videos about, videos or screencasts, because they're kind of the same in my mind, even though they're not really the same. I, I keep a list and then I will work on one and then I will finish it, put it out. Batching batching sounds kind of cool. So I want to ask you about that. Do you, when it comes to batching, is it just however many you have or do you spend like, you know, a morning on however much you can get done? Uh, I don't like to film just to film. So if I don't have something prepared enough that it's ready to be recorded, then, then I won't record it. Uh, typically those videos don't end up doing as well because you're just kind of winging it. They end up being way longer. Mm. You didn't really have a good plan. And so that can actually hurt you a little bit hmm. depending on the kind of videos you're making. But when I'm doing uh, course creation, let's say, I will block off like a full set of a day or two and just be like, I'm doing nothing else those days and I'm just going to record this course in its entirety instead of recording one video lesson for two months or something. I like that. Corey and I could do something similar where we say, okay, every Saturday afternoon from one to four, we're going to record and produce a video. And I think if we did something like that, it would um, it would kind of, I feel like putting the, that kind of time crunch on it, that kind of scheduling would make the process seem to come together a little bit earlier or easier. And then, so I'm thinking about process too. I have this I have this theory uh, theory hypothesis I think it's a hypothesis that the hardest part about making video or podcasting isn't even necessarily coming up with the content it's actually learning the workflows learning the process learning the apps how to set up the stuff up you know how to record and then how to do the editing and the post production and the uploading and all that kind of stuff I feel like and tell me what you think about this I feel like that's actually what stops people a lot more often rather than saying, Oh, I don't have enough time. It's almost that they're uncertain about how long time, how mo- how long it's actually going to take. And so that scares them away from actually trying. Yeah. And that's the thing is the more complex the thing is you're doing, the more steps there are, the more steps you can procrastinate on, the more steps you can not want to do. And so video is, is a big one. Everything from, Thinking up the idea to hitting publish on YouTube, there are so many steps in there. And so what I find to be really helpful is to list all those out. And then, you know, for this video I'm trying to make, I am on this step and I don't need to worry about what tags I'm going to use on YouTube or the thumbnail or emailing it out to my email list. All I need to focus on is shooting the B-roll shots for this video and then I can move to the next step. And so without having your process documented like that. It's just this overwhelming, daunting thing. And it still gets like that for me. But if you just think about the next step, okay, I just need to set up my lights. Then I just need to set up the microphone. Then I just need to get the camera in focus. And then, okay, now let's film. And if you think about it in that way and break it down a little bit more and actually have those listed out either on paper as a checklist or in a to-do in app. a task management yeah. system or something, it's really helpful. Yeah. Do you have uh, do you have your process written down like that anywhere? Uh, privately, <laughs> I guess. I guess publicly, I do not. But I could I could share it if you want. Well, I, I, I do just... have I do have a video that's talking about how video editing works. Yeah, and it's everything from putting the memory card in your computer to publishing on YouTube. Mm. And in about four minutes, I talk through every step along that process. Uh, but the before video editing part, I don't have something public. I don't know because I did an episode a while back and. It, Oh man, I wish I would have prepared for this, but I'll include a link in the show notes. I did uh, the my podcasting process from A to Z, and I basically I made a mind map that went through the entire process from uh, thinking about it, preparing, writing an outline, setting up the gear, recording, uh, post production, writing show notes, all these things. Uh, and it's actually been a very popular episode. A lot of people have really liked it, and a lot of people have said like, "Oh, that that was great. Thank you." I didn't. Like, I had no idea how much went into it. And it's kind of weird until you remember that at some point in your life, you didn't rem- you didn't know what all those steps were. 
and they were just kind of a big fuzzy haze and you're like, well, I know what the final thing looks like, but I'm not really sure how to get there. Yeah, and I love behind the scenes stuff. I I, I remember in high school, I would get the Lord of the Rings DVD and I would watch <laughs> like 20 million hours of behind the scenes on those extended uh, DVDs. Yeah. And I just love seeing how they made stuff. And I still do that. If if I'm watching a video and they have that one shot that's the camera behind all the cameras, I will pause it and I'll look at the lights and look at the framing and see how they set everything up. And so huh. doing the behind the scenes of your process and the tools you use and the, the gear and equipment and software and your office, those things are really, really popular because people like to see how stuff's made. And so I would encourage you to to use that format uh, as well and uh, Ben was talking about the vlogging style that he he's trying to find and I think that I'm still trying to find my behind the scenes style of how I want to do things um, so I'm experimenting with that publicly as well where we'll do a big client project we'll film stuff along the way and I'll narrate it after the fact and you know I could I could do it better but you know, you kind of just have to make stuff and publish it and see what people think. I like it. And and I was, um, I just want to encourage you to actually do more of that, like writing out your process and sharing it with people. I think a lot of people would find that really valuable. I think, I don't know. Yeah, we're coming up on 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I know at different milestones, people like to make bonus videos. And so I was trying to think about uh, what would be a good bonus one uh, for 5,000, either either like a gear breakdown of all the different gear we use mm-hmm. or maybe a process one of all the different things we do uh, to, to put a video out there. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how it, uh, how it goes. And is there anything coming up soon that you would want to plug before we go? I mean, the biggest thing is we just transitioned over to having all of our courses available at DIY Video School. Uh, they were a mixture of email courses and MailChimp and opt-ins on Squarespace and paid courses over here. And <laughs> so having them all in one place is uh, something we're excited about. And now we can keep making more free and paid courses on software and production and other different things. So we're going to start cranking on those a bunch. DIYvideoschool.com. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having this, me. I, this is going to be super valuable. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Have an excellent week. Get a bunch of work done. You know, say hi when you got a moment. And I will talk to you all next week. Good job. Good show, sir. Thank you.